HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com, the official page for travel to the Napa Valley, America's legendary wine, food, arts, and wellness capital. For more information, visit www.visitnapavalley.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and I can't think of a better day to be talking about whiskey because today actually is Whiskey Live here in New York City, which uh, I think me and Jack will be going to that after this. And uh, on the phone today, we have the good folks at Sugarlands Distilling Company out of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And on the phone today, we have Brent, Tom, uh, Brent Thompson uh from the distillery how you doing are you on the phone man i'm doing great how are you guys doing up there awesome awesome good to have you on the show hey my pleasure thanks for having me yeah man our pleasure our pleasure completely um especially anytime we get to talk about some whiskey um (laughs) amen to that right so uh give us a rundown uh sugarlands is a fairly uh fairly newer distillery hitting the market and uh yeah i mean like what what how did this all get started what what's the uh inspiration behind it all yeah, you know, we've got, uh, you know, being around uh, East Tennessee, uh, there are uh, a few of us that are part of uh, uh, the genesis of um, Sugarlands. Um, some of our owners actually were from uh, this area. How, you know, for your listeners, um, there may be some people who are familiar with um, Gatlinburg. It's this tiny little town that is pretty much at the, uh, the, the, the gateway, one of the main entrances to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And uh, it's, uh, you know, people come from all over the world to visit Gatlinburg. Um, the, the, the park sees, you know, close to 11 million people a year coming through that particular gate. Um, and uh, so these guys were from around that neck of the woods. Uh, so uh, our owners got together. Um, one of them was, uh, is uh, a great, um, you know, a real estate developer and a commercial property developer in town. And so we we had we had a great piece of property as laws changed and legislation changed in Tennessee um and you know we it started uh, creating a possibility for all these things to kind of come together and line up uh for us uh, to 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 jump into this um 
this really wonderful industry and um, and and take a stab at it in a, in a different way that we didn't really feel like it was being approached um, as well as it could be. The Sugarlands itself is actually named after an area of the Smoky Mountains um, where about a hundred years ago or so there were about twenty to thirty families that lived in this super dense wilderness. Uh, really, nobody bothered them back in in the woods. There weren't really many roads in or out. Just super uh, mountainous. Uh, area and they didn't grow uh, much anything else. They couldn't grow much anything else just because of the rocky soils. Uh, corn did pretty well uh, for these guys, so um, uh, they they were able instead of instead of chopping that corn down and taking it to the market, which they certainly did to trade for you know bread, milk, eggs, and whatnot, to come back and bring and feed their 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 families. They eventually uh, started fermenting that corn. And could fetch a lot more, as you can imagine, at, at market for uh, these spirits. Of course, they didn't call it, you know, they didn't call it moonshine back then. They uh, they called it blockade. So if you made blockade, you were a blockader. Um, and uh, that really was one of the ways that they 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 survived. Um, it's just really kind of fascinating. Well, now that area called the Sugarlands is an area that's protected uh, because it's the, the national park. So people who come to, to Gatlinburg and come to the Smoky Mountains can go into this area and really have a, an outdoor experience uh, from, you know, the, from the mountaintops to the riverbeds. Uh, people who can have this, this great experience really being in this same place um, that's really been undisturbed um, uh, for, for quite some time. So it's really a beautiful, beautiful part of the, of the country. So we, we basically opened up shop um, in Gatlinburg and uh, just, just a little under a year ago. Uh, we opened up in March of 2014. And I tell you what, uh, from from day one, we opened the doors, and and uh, we haven't really looked back. It's been a really wonderful, a really wonderful experience and a wonderful reception. Um, you know, we get you know a few thousand people coming in our door a day, and wow. uh, it's it's staggering foot traffic. Um, you can only hope to have that sort of foot traffic in, being in any sort of business. And this is, you know, I hate to say this is kind of like Times Square of Tennessee. The the, the property values are are, are certainly um, worth it because there's so many people that are coming through. But uh, we felt pretty good that we were putting out a, a product that uh, would really resonate with people who are really searching for that authenticity and that craft. Um, and uh, and fortunately, it's done really really well, and we get that daily affirmation from the people that come in and sample our moonshine. That's awesome. I, I, I would have never expect. I mean, like, do you, you've got like, uh, kind of a, almost a monopoly on the market there. I mean, there's, I know there's a lot of uh, distilleries popping up around, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, but I mean, like, sounds like you've got kind of like the, the main attraction as it were around, around that area of, uh, Eastern Tennessee, right? Well, you know, this this neck of the woods is really uh, it is a, it is a tourist destination in a lot of ways. I mean, there's there's all sorts of attractions that are around uh, around the area. That's kind of the name of the game in, in the two towns I would call uh, really the three towns um, uh, between Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and Sevierville. Um, um, and then, of course, you work all your way all the way through Gatlinburg, and then you go into the Smoky Mountains. The Smoky Mountains, of course, is the true gem. Um, you know that that's that's why. People have been coming here for you know sixty, seventy years, um, and really flocking to, to to the area. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of an interesting attraction mecca. We hear accents from all over the world, uh, and uh, and that's kind of a beautiful thing. I mean, in East Tennessee, you know, we're um, certainly I, I can imagine you know people have their their certain imagination and their stereotype of of this sort of Appalachian. 
um, uh, you know, culture. And there's definitely that, but there's definitely so much uh, more than that stereotype. And, and you see all these um, uh, different, uh, different backgrounds of people coming to, to tour here and to live here. And it's really a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it makes sense too. There's a, you guys have a pretty deep uh, roster of, of different styles of moonshine that you're, you're making. I mean, you've got, well, first of all, I have to just touch on the, the, uh, the fact that, you know, it's it's shine in mason jars and you know, if I were like hiking the Appalachian Trail or camping out in the Smoky Mountains, I would you know, that's that's how I'd be uh imbibing, you know, like right, right out now. Of the chart. Right now it would be helpful to have in your backpack. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well and going along with that too, it's your uh, your two main ones, uh the two kind of like standard uh shines that you have are both hundred proof. I mean was was that part of uh uh bigger because like a lot of the other shines are coming out at like eighty, you know, your standard mm-hmm. eighty. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I don't know if, if uh, you know, you. Uh, I'm sure you've had plenty of experiences, kind of being in 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 the the world that you're in. I mean, you're hanging out at a friend's house, and somebody says, "Hey, I'll be right back," and they they come back with a jar of something pretty special. Um, that's happened to me. I know several times living sure. in, in East Tennessee, and and uh, that stuff can it can be fantastic. And I think a lot of folks have had that sort of experience of kind of drinking something in the past. It's like, hey. This is illegal. We're not really supposed to have this, but damn, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a certain intimacy around uh, that. Uh, there's a certain intimacy of who you would choose to share that with. And so, um, you know, we felt like it was most important to really make the most authentic products that we possibly could. Um, so, um, you know, we make uh, our, all of our products. It, the, the, it's actually called Sugarland Shine. And, um, the, the first couple that you mentioned uh, are really delicious. They've kind of uh, appealed to, to two different types of uh, straight, um, you know, uh, clear whiskey drinkers, uh, unaged whiskey drinkers. Um, the first is called uh, Silver Cloud, and it's my personal favorite. It's uh, super smooth. It's distilled six times at our distillery here. Um, and uh, it's 51% Tennessee white corn. Um, and uh, 49% cane sugar. Now, we, we, we actually seek out and use uh, Tennessee white corn. It's a little harder to get. Most whiskeys are using yellow corn, but we have a, a saying, and that is uh, white corn is for whiskey and yellow corn is for critters. Uh, so uh, we, we take it pretty seriously. This white corn makes an excellent, excellent drink. Um, and it's just super smooth. It's got just this excellent uh, fresh corn taste. Um, so that is a, an authentic Prohibition-era Tennessee sour mash is what you've got on your hands there. Um, and, and it's remarkably smooth for something that's 100 proof. And that's the first thing that uh, the folks who taste that, you know, yes, it's 100 proof. It packs a punch for sure. But it's got this smoothness that makes you want to drink a little bit more, which is a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's the recognizability of man, I had some good stuff about 10 years ago with a good buddy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's important to, to, to be able to connect back with um, those pretty authentic memories. Um, the next clear that we, that we made is a 100-proof unaged rye. And, uh, you know, their rye has certainly, you know, seen a, a huge resurgence. Um, and this is definitely true to its name. It's, uh, it's 51% rye, 44% Tennessee white corn, and 5% barley malt. 
and it's got a wonderful toasted grain, spicy, peppery punch to it. Um, it is the recipe of this guy named Jim Tom Hedrick. And um, uh, for those people who are listening, if you're familiar with, uh, there's a television show um, on the Discovery Channel called Moonshiners. Uh, well, this uh, this guy, Jim Tom Hedrick, is, is kind of the elder statesman, if you will. He's 74 years old. He's on the show. He's uh, He's been making moonshine for 61 years. He's got his start in the Smoky Mountains. And this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He's known for this his rye. Um, so this is his recipe, and we call that, um, uh, those products, we call that uh, as part of the, the Legends series where we're honoring um, Southern Appalachian moonshiners. That's great. So, yeah, it's delicious. Great in the Bloody Mary for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's cool to really pay pay homage, especially because these guys are – guys are outlaws man you know like yeah yeah you know they've seen that they've seen that world they've seen that world where you know they've um they've certainly had to uh you know hide and and go about their business in in a more discreet way than we ever have our process is is the same you know everything that we are doing is the exact same that these guys are doing back in the woods the only difference is our our equipment is just a little more sophisticated it's meant to handle more volume and we're paying taxes yeah exactly i was going to say of it's taxes. <laughs> plenty of taxes plenty of taxes for sure yep. um yeah speaking of that like i mean you know just going to shoot off subject a little bit but still kind of on subject you know you know nascar was uh you know essentially invented by moonshiners uh, rum runners and uh, I mean, I, I could only imagine that there's probably a rich history of uh, hot rod and and and, and <laughs> some pretty pretty gnarly uh, gnarly hot rods around that area of the world. Absolutely, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a lot of back roads that, that pe- many people don't know about <laughs> that have been that way for quite some time. Um, yeah, and that, that's definitely a part of uh, of uh, of the history. And I think what's really interesting for us is, you know, we we in our story, we are are not as overly consumed with that part of the story. It's it's obviously there. We love this this uh, a little more. Uh, gosh. Um, this story that's a little closer to family. Uh, sure. It's it's not nearly as outlaw. It's not nearly as illegal. It's really more about survival. Yeah, um, you know, and, and this time of year when it's just bone cold, you know, I, I, I you know I kind of put myself in the position of being that dad, you know, in in the woods trying to make sure that my family is is taken care of. And you know, frankly, <laughs> there are a lot of bears out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a lot of threats, not only um, from from the elements, but uh, but just uh, the wilderness in general. And um, I don't know. That's that's where I go with this story. You know, we have a saying with our product, and that is uh, that there's a story in every jar. Um, and uh, we think that that's pretty true. You know, when the good stuff comes out, people seem to have a way with words, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's a great, rich history of storytelling in the Appalachians, and that's something that we uh, we, we certainly care uh, care a lot about. That's so. the whole reason why I have this show. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Shiny. You know, I think you kind of get it's, it's easy to get lost in it and uh, appreciate where you've come from for sure. Exactly. I think it's really cool. Like, well, and going back, I guess what you're saying is you're not drinking on the rocks right now. You're probably drinking it neat. You don't need any more, yeah, exactly. any more cold down there. You just keep it outside. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep, keep it on the back porch. Well, yeah, and at 100 proof, it's going to definitely warm you up. I think it's really cool. I, the, you know, the uh, it's just I, I would love to talk with Jent and Tom Hedrick about, uh, you know, get a one-on-one conversation with him about, you know, what he thinks about the whole whiskey 
uh, industry now as opposed to like when when he started, you know, sixty some odd years ago, and yeah. uh, see what he thinks about what we're doing nowadays and and the uh, the different kinds of bars that are serving, uh, you know. Great products like this, you know, like the uh, the unaged whiskeys, and uh, and that there's a crazy, crazy market for it. You know, it's 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 not necessarily. I, I don't know about. I don't know, think. I think about like eight, nine years ago when I first started seeing um, other uh, white dogs on the market, just kind of like popping out here and there. It was more of like a here's one little thing, let's try it out, and then it exploded. I mean, it would be interesting to see what they think about that. Yeah, you know, and he, this guy, I mean, he's a total character, super, super nice guy, and you get the sense, I mean, you just you just turn him on and he starts talking, and he could talk for hours, literally. Um, he just has, has that sort of, um, you know, experience and wisdom, I mean, He's and he's just a riot, really. Uh, he loves it, and to be honest, he, he loves it. I mean, these guys would have never possibly imagined that their world could end up like this. And, and um, you know, there are just so many people who know who they are, and um, it's uh, it's great. We, we've had we've had a, an absolute blast working uh, with him, and and since then we've actually started working with a couple of other uh, uh, guys that are actually on the show and developed uh, some products for them to extend our legend series. Um, so we've uh, just recently put out uh, a seventy proof um, uh, American Peach uh, Moonshine by a guy named Mark Rogers, who's on the show. He's the guy who's decked out on in. Camouflage. This guy is a straight-up American hunter. Like no more of a hunter. I've never met anybody who's more of a hunter than this guy. Um, he's got kill marks on his on his rifle. You know, probably a couple hundred kill marks, and he kills awesome. bear. You know, turkey, wild boar, deer, and ah, he's he's a cool dude. He's a really cool dude. Um, nice. And so we're having a lot of fun with that one, as well as uh, a guy um, by the last name of Tickle, his, uh, Stephen Ray Tickle, and his. Um, we're doing his Dynamite Cinnamon Moonshine. It's also seventy proof, and it's killer. It's killer. It's just like red hot candy. Um, so those those two are doing really well. So the three of those together, the rye, the peach, and the cinnamon together, are our what we call the Legend series. And so these guys are. Uh, they're having a lot of fun with us and, and suffice it to say we're having a great time with them. Yeah. I mean, and you know, to me, it sounds like all those flavors would be really cool together, which, you know, I think we should take a quick break, but when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about your, uh, your lineup of spirits, because honestly, you know, when I first saw the website and saw everything you guys were doing, I immediately just want to start mixing them together. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> But can that's do the that. bartender in me. <laughs> so let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back speaking with Brent Thompson of Sugarland Shine. Back in just one moment. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com. Welcome to the Napa Valley, North America's legendary wine and food capital, where the art of living well is defined, and each season holds a story waiting to be discovered. Life feels slower here, lived at a place where tables are set with care. Fine wine and food are created from the bounty of our own vineyards and gardens, and relationships with friends and family gathered around the table are somehow sweeter. 
When planning a trip to the Napa Valley, we invite you to visit the destination's official visitor website, visitnapavalley.com, or stop by Napa County's official visitor information center, located in downtown Napa, where our friendly and knowledgeable community ambassadors can assist you in creating your own legendary Napa Valley experiences. The Visitor Information Center is located at 600 Main Street, Napa, and is open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week, 360 days a year. Your invitation to experience the Napa Valley beckons. Take a deep breath, lose yourself in our quiet green and golden hills, renew your body and spirit, taste our legendary wines and cuisine, and experience the people who make this valley like no other in the world. For more information, go to visitnapavalley.com. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy, and we're talking shine today. And I got to, I got to tell you, Brent. You know, when I first, you know, before we took the break, about eight nine years ago, when I first got that first uh, couple of tastes of different, uh, you know, different types of white dog whiskeys that hit the market, I was, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I, I've tasted, I've tasted the real stuff, you know, and like this stuff coming out of like eighty proof and kind of like having these really pretty packages and i was like oh all right well whatever i mean i you know i always say you got to try everything Mm -hmm. and uh and to see what's happened with the the moonshine white dog whatever you want to call it uh new make you know billion different terms for it to see what's happened over all those years it's really impressive Uh, and there's been just an incredible influx of of great products that have hit the market that it actually kind of blew my mind that uh that people, these different distillers and craft uh, professionals, started making these things and and doing them really like pretty heavy justice, you know, and like and and not only uh, not only was it you know things like like moonshine, but then like we right before the break we we're talking about the the peach whiskey and the cinnamon moonshine too, you know, there was such a big deal about like Fireball, you know, and it's not. I'm not gonna say it's terrible, but I, 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 I've tasted so many cinnamon whiskeys lately over the past few years, and the same thing happened. Is like they started out tasting like, all right, this is kind of a cinnamon liqueur of sorts that people mm-hmm. are you know chilling and shooting. But I like the way that products like this are starting to like really focus on this is whiskey with cinnamon in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's this isn't like a syrupy. Um, like additive it's it's like it's a real proper like tipple you know yeah you know um we certainly you know i just kind of touch a little bit on on what you said it's it's really has been kind of fascinating to to see it you know become a much more popular um uh, category and you know i think it's a double-edged sword in the way that i look at it in one way there are a lot of early brands that kind of got out there that uh you know helped really blaze a trail uh, and and that was great for creating the category. There's another way of looking at it, which is it, it is now this new taste, and does it pass that first impression test in our modern world, right? And uh, and that's where we felt like we it made sense for us to jump in is is to really focus on on the the authenticity and the craft and really the taste. I mean, frankly, we 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 get. Uh, we've won 14 awards right now based on the taste of our product. 
um, which is huge to us. Uh, we certainly take that super seriously. Those are, you know, from consumer level, blind tasting. You know, taste really is, 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 is very paramount. Um, you know, we grind our corn, we grind our rye, uh, we take the process super, you know, seriously. We're 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 making all that happen, and we're distilling six times. Uh, our uh, distiller is, you know, probably like a lot of your listeners out there is a you know a guy who is a uh, former uh, engineer uh, and home brewer hobbyist, right? And uh, and there are a lot of uh, people who are right now making you know great spirits and super small batches in their homes and houses and their garages, you know it happens. And, um, and uh, you know, it, it's one thing to also stumble upon a century-old recipe and to, and to, to make that and do it well in, in a small batch. But there is certainly an art all, all to its own to, to be able to scale that up in such a way that you can make a large batch taste excellent and consistent. Man, that's, that's, that's tough. And so I think you've seen the category grow uh, over the last several years. And, um, and, and you know, there's, there's good moonshine and there's bad moonshine. And that's, sure. that's kind of, you know, there's, there's good whiskey and there's bad whiskey. Um, and, uh, and so, um, yeah, we're, what, what's interesting around our neck of the woods here, you know, down in Tennessee, you know, we're seeing if we're, you know, some of our, our customers are certainly liquor stores, package stores everywhere we go. You know, we are obviously selling our product into those stores. And um, I think a lot of speculators were kind of thinking this would be kind of a flash in the pan that moonshine would, would go away. It was just kind of a, a, an annoying house guest, if you will. <laughs> um, but what has happened is I think that, that uh, it's really um, it started sticking. And now some of these stores down around this area, you know, they're seeing you know, 15% of their, their entire sales in the moonshine category. And that's astonishing. It is. And it's really astonishing when you think of the whole mix of things that they're selling in those stores. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I know when when uh, I guess Georgia Moon would have been the first one that I one of the first yeah. ones, and it was in a mason jar. And dude, I I used to just buy that for people as a gift, just because it was in a mason jar, and I thought that was cool. <laughs> you know, like, right? Oh we, yeah. Hey, you know, I'll be the first one to say that there. Um, the I think a lot of people's pers- perspective on this product is is really from a novelty. Uh, right. right, you know that that you bought that because there's a, there's a, uh, an aspect of novelty. I think it's just taking some time and more people trying good products for them to say, "Hey, wait a second, this is actually more than novelty. This is actually something that I can actually keep in my cabinet. I know I'm actually going to drink." Yeah. That's the problem that we're running into right now. Is folks come to our distillery from all over the country and they buy up a bunch and they get home. And they drink it too fast. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> and now too. they're trying to figure out where where they can get it uh, in uh, in the states. No, um, no, yeah, and like the novelty thing is like it's like a foot in the door, but you know you can that only gets one foot in the door. You know, the, it really to does. get the other foot in, you got to have a good you got to have good juice in the jar. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, if I, if there's something that I uh, have purchased and um, I yeah I take a sip and I don't like it, I I. I you know, yeah. I could clean a toilet with it. So I, yeah. I, uh, I don't even know that I would, if, it's, if it's bad, I would give it to a friend. Um, you know, it's just one of those you mean, things. You mean you give it to I an enemy? It as something <laughs> you, it's highly shareable, and if you're going to share something, it should it should be great. Yeah, I mean, to me, the uh, you know, talking about like marketing and packaging and, and gaming stuff like that. My favorite, some of my favorite stuff is like. You know, like old Ezra Seven and like the Heaven Hill Bonded, all those mm-hmm. like old labels, like JTS Brown and the old Fitzgerald. And those those bottles, the labels were always like gold and red and black and white. 
you know, just like they all had the same color scheme and they're right. always on the bottom shelf. And there's some, you know, they're not very good. I mean, look at Rittenhouse. I mean, they just changed their label, but it was not a good label before. But there's charm in that. And I think uh, if you get both of them, if you hit both sides, you've got the uh, the packaging and, uh, and and then you get the, the spirit going in there as well. That's good. I mean, you, you kind of. You kind of got it nailed, and then you have longevity with it. Um, you know, I, like looking back through your your spirits list, like I was saying before the break, it's like I want to mix all these together. And you know, when I look through this too, it's it's to me like especially I drink a ton. I'm from Oklahoma, and I drink just a ton of iced tea. It's like my favorite beverage. I could give up whiskey. If I, you know, if I if I had to give up whiskey, I mean, I would want to keep, you know, give up every kind of beverage. It would just be iced tea, probably, probably before whiskey. I don't know. Don't <laughs> don't quote me on. Don't hold me to that. But uh, I love that you guys have a sweet tea vodka, and then also you have a lemonade. Or sorry, I said vodka. A sweet tea uh, uh, whiskey, and then you have a lemonade whiskey, and then you have a blackberry whiskey. And I'm like, dude, I could mix all these together, especially the peach with like the the lemonade and the sweet tea. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you've got like a blackberry, you've got a butterscotch, and then the apple pie. I mean, think about the the dynamite cinnamon moonshine with the uh, the Appalachian apple pie. It's like, come on, that just makes too much sense. So, are you are you wanting me to just go ahead and send you everything right now? I Do think I just need I to think, send a box to you. I think Jack's giving us a thumbs up through the window. That's a, that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what we that's what we we see with our with our customers. Um, you know, people are certainly kind of making their own cocktails, their own. You know, these are. Um, our products are, are made to drink straight right out of the jar, um, and they, they taste fantastic that way. But I have to say, we've we've turned on uh, a lot of folks into to making their own cocktails. You know, the yeah. butterscotch is really interesting. It's a it's kind of a, it's a standout product for us, and the butterscotch it really tastes you know pretty much on the nose of that old butterscotch candy. Um, See, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like every yeah. one of these, I mean, being from, you know, uh, Southern state Southwest, you know, it's like, these are all flavors I grew up with right. and yeah. it's all stuff that like, there's not one thing in, in your uh, product line that doesn't remind me of like childhood, even the alcohol content reminds me of childhood. <laughs> childhood a little right? <laughs> but uh, I, I just love that. Like that these are your products and you've got a really wide array of, of flavor profiles and, but they're all like, they're, they're it's very genuine you know it's like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make me think about like your distillery as a place that's trying to sell me on a product that i don't necessarily want to have it's all very like it's all stuff that's in, interesting to me i mean i think like i haven't i haven't had the butterscotch but like that's something that i'd be extremely interested in you know yeah um well you talk about the blending i mean you you take our butterscotch and you you blend it with apple pie and it really kind of up that sort of buttery content, if yeah. you can kind of imagine it, really kind of makes it taste like this cobbler, or do the same thing with blackberry. Uh, I mean, it really is, it really is fascinating to see the effects that some of these have on others. We even take, you know, our Silver Cloud, our, our Tennessee Sour Mash, and we'll mix that with. Um, it, it's a great uh, mixer, and it blends, and it really kind of raises the octane of all of our flavors. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, a, that's that's something that a lot of folks will will do is pick that up to kind of. You know, it's not, you know, I think that there's a a lot of folks out there who may have tasted their most recent, you know, quote-unquote white lightning. Uh, it, it, it's not pleasurable all the time. You know, you, you kind of feel like you should muscle up and just, you know, drink it like a man, and you right. should be okay with how horrible it tastes. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I, I disagree with that. I, I think that it should. It, it, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm a Tennessee guy. I, I love Tennessee whiskey. I love Kentucky bourbon, um, and I need it. I need it to taste fantastic. Doesn't necessarily mean that it needs to taste sweet. It just needs to have. You can tell the difference, and it has everything to do with composition. You can tell immediately when you taste something. You can. It just. If something's bad, it just takes off on you. It's like, hey, you put you put like a ghost pepper in your mouth, and you know pretty quickly you've done something pretty horribly <laughs> wrong to your body, unless you choose that. Unless you choose that uh, that destiny. That uh, go on a dare. Yeah. But it's like you know, it's like there's this little flag that goes off in your head, like, uh, uh-uh, okay, okay, no, you know it. I've you made a huge it. mistake. <laughs> yeah, your palate, your palate yeah. is more developed than uh, you give it credit for. Right. I, I always maintain, you know, you like what you like, and um, you know, you can have people come in and you know, tell you that this is the best, and and certainly I appreciate everybody's opinion um, for sure. For us, you know, we get thousands of opinions, uh, thousands of opinions a, a day, and um, and and fortunately, they're they're opinions that um, result in, in people taking um, some shine home with them, and and that's a good thing. That's awesome. I know we're at the, the end of the show, but I, I just want to thank you again for for taking the time out. I wish you were here in New York. We could go to Whiskey Live tonight together. And, hey, you uh, know what? I'm going to be in. I'm, I'm flying. I'm supposed to fly to Albany tomorrow morning. Um, so uh, well, I'm going to be there uh, in Albany on Thursday and Friday, and, and and I might just have to hike if I can if I can hike away into the city. I might just. Do oh that. yeah, you should, man. Hit me and Jack up. We'll uh, we'll all drink some whiskey together. That sounds great, man. Right. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's great talking yeah, to you. Likewise. The website is sugarlandsdistilling.com. Go check out the products. Really, really cool stuff. Awesome. I just, like, it reminds me of, like I said, it reminds me of home. It's really cool. And I uh, can't wait to uh, drink some whiskey with uh, with you if you make it over here. Yeah, man. Absolutely. We have a saying. Instead of saying cheers, we say sips up. Sips so up. sips up to you guys, all your <laughs> listeners. Likewise, likewise. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, tune in to HeritageRadioNetwork.org for many other programs like this. Until then, cheers. Sips up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 